Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Grand Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GrandLeyendaTequila.com. Grand Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to a brand new episode of the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza, and alongside with me, like always, out in North Carolina, Kendall Whitley, and out in Texas, Jerry Martinez. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. We got a. Uh, it's been a long week so far. I mean, we're midweek right now. It's been some some a lot of news, and we got a pretty good guest joining us in a little bit. Man, aside from the guest, man, that guest is is epic. He's an epic guest. Uh, a big big fan of his also. Hey, but man, I mean, wow. The NFL knows how to keep things interesting. I mean, just wow. This NFL free agency has just been, it's just wow. And on tonight's podcast, we will be joined by the host of the State of the Saints podcast, TJ Jones. But of course, let's start off with headlines around the shield. 
And now, your headlines around the Shield, presented by Grand Leander Tequila. Today was the official start of the new league year in the NFL, and also free agency. And there was not another team more active than the New England Patriots. They have signed the following players. Quarterback, Cam Newton. Tight end, Hunter Henry. Tight end, Jonu Smith. Wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne. Wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. And outside linebacker, Matthew Judon. Man, Matthew Judon. We just brought back Calvin Noy. I mean, um, we got we got the big defensive tackle from the Dolphins. He was a he's very underrated, very underrated on player too. He's pretty very disruptive. Um, I mean, we you name it, we we've been making some Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, like we've been making some and get, we're still not done. We as a, I'm a big time Patriots fan, but the Patriots they're they're still they're still not done. So I mean, man, and we, and it was a rumor that we was in on AJ Green before he signed with the Cardinals. So that lets you know that Belichick is still like he's still out there searching. We got a, still got a lot of pending cap space available. Um, got the draft next month, so we got to leave some for them. But man, the Patriots they they they're going for it, man. They didn't waste no time. And aside from the opt outs that are coming back, I mean, take those take those names into consideration. The draft class that they had last year is only going to get better. And mm-hmm. I know that I know that some, a, a, a lot of Patriots fans are excited about Kyle Van Noy returning. And there are still some very good free agents available. Candy Galladay, Anthony Harris, Melvin Ingram, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, Jadavion Clowney. Let me ask you guys this. Who is still the best free agent available? Oof. I'm going to go. I got two names. I'm going to go Juju Smith-Schuster, a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And from the defense. I want to pick somebody from defense. I'm going to go maybe Jadavion Clowney. I mean, and you, and you just bring it up. But mainly, I'm going to go with Juju because I think Juju, he's he's holding up. He wants a big contract in the Steelers. And they're not going to give it to him. Obviously, it doesn't look like right now. And, I mean, I, he might be one of those players that when the market slow down, he's just going to have to settle for like a one-year deal, a one-year prove-it deal, and then um, try, to, try to cash in next year. Because I don't think, I mean, the longer he waits, I think some other teams are going to jump in. Maybe the Patriots or the Saints or some other team, they're, they're going to they're gonna try to jump in and try to smack him. I think the longer he sit out, he just hurt his market value. He probably, he probably going to be forced to um, just sign a one-year prove-it deal. But I'm going to go with Juju and um, for, on defense, I'm going to go with Jadavion Klein. Now, I, we know he don't mind sitting out. He's done it recently. He sat out most of last year and signed like a few, like a week or so before the season. Start last year. But, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Juju Smith from offense and Jadavion Clowney from the defense. I mean, when you when you look at it, I think that right now, I think Kenny Galladay is probably like the biggest name that everybody wants to see what he's doing. Right, I believe there's an offer sheet, but it looks like he's leaning towards the Giants. So that's something to, to pay attention to, but I mean, when you when you look at it, it's just so broad right now as far as who's out there, who's still available. I mean, I got some favorite players that I like, you know, but they're not top tier level names. I mean, James Conner, I think that he still has some some juice left in the tank. I think Malik Cooker is about to enter his prime. So those are just some names that that I'm looking forward to seeing where they where where they move to next. Yeah, I think one of the biggest names that, I mean, Jadavion Clowney last year for the Tennessee Titans, obviously disappointed season was hurt for most of it. Um, but I'll, I'll be interested to see where he lands. Also, Jared Cook, that was the prize cut from the New Orleans Saints as well. 
Yes, that, that's a good one. Jared Cook, I mean, he was cut by the Saints a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's getting up there. I, I want to say he's he's probably, I know he's in the 30s, getting up in age a little bit. He's been on a few teams. I would love to see him land with a pretty good team and a pretty good quarterback. So it will be interesting to see where he goes to. Yeah, KJ Wright's also available. James White. I mean, Rashad Breeland, he's available as well. Let me ask you guys this. Who is the biggest surprise to you that's still out there? I'm a, that's a good one. I'm going to go hmm. – Oh, I, I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. I'm going to go Leonard Fournette. I mean – Le'Veon Bell still out there. I think I think he just signed a, a big contract. Actually, with no, 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 he, he he's he's still out there with Leonard Fournette. He's, he's still free. Yeah, now they were saying that the Patriots were in talks with uh, Leonard Fournette, but also was uh, Tampa Bay. Le'Veon Bell still out there. I mean, what does Le'Veon Bell still have in the tank? Same could be said for Target. The running back market, Target. The running back market is kind of kind of bad right now. Antonio Brown still out there. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're going down this list, and I mean, there's still a lot of big names on there. Malik Hooker. I mean, Jerry, you talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I just think that he's entering his prime. I know that the the injuries are scaring some people away, but you know, it's just one of those things where maybe he needs a, a one year prove it deal. So, like you said, there's a bunch of names still out there. I know that some big names that. That uh, that I was looking forward to got signed today, so it's kind of hard because they they just got scratched off right before we went online. What team has surprised you most in free agency so far? I'm gonna go yeah. ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Washington Football Team. I think that I mean I'm not saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the sexy pick, but we know what he can do, and he's gonna air it out. He's a smart football player. Yeah, he has bad games, but. Man, you surrounded him with some talent. I mean, you got Curtis Samuel on a three-year deal, and and then you added a key piece that you needed to your defense with William Jackson III, a very underrated corner. I mean, the guy just is a ultimate speedster and can come away with the ball. You add that to that to that front that front, you know, that front four that they have. Oh my goodness! I think that the Redskins are now a team that you have to talk about. Maybe perhaps even taking the the NFC East division now with these acquisitions. Um, this might be, I was I this might just part of my head. This might surprise a few people, but I like what the Jets did, getting um Carl Lawson from the Bengals, then adding Corey Davis, and um I think you you got you got a piece there on defense the rest of passion. Then you got a, you got your outside receiver, ex receiver Corey Davis. Um, you still got a draft. You got what two two first round or was it three first round draft? But they got uh, is it two two first round they got this year? I believe it's three. The I'm Jets. Honest. Yeah, I think it's three. No, two. I think two. Year. It's two. It's okay. two this year. Yeah, and then one next they year. Get, yeah they got a ton of cap and they got two um two ones this year. They got a bunch of draft picks. I like what the Jets doing. But what I heard now, a close person told me that the Jets are interested in keeping Sam Donald and building around him. I, I have heard this that the Jets are interested in keeping Donald. Now, it, it could be just be a smoke screen or whatever. Until, and it's still, we still got a month into the draft. But I've heard they're, they're interested in keeping Donald and building around them. But um, if they do that, that's going to that's gonna be a huge domino effect for the draft. It, it could potentially help out a few teams. But um, I like what the Jets are doing. I like, I like what they did so far. Yeah, you know, when you stop and you look at it, Corey Davis, they need a wide receiver. And it looked like Corey Davis is, trying to, is starting to find his stride towards the end of the season. And uh, like you said, I mean – 
They've been needing an edge rusher for a while, and Carl Lawson has exceeded expectations being a former third-round pick. You had, you had Corey Davis there with um, Jameson Crowder in the slot, and then the second-year player, Denzel Mills, on the other, on the other side. I, you have a pretty you have a pretty good quarter there. Now, the question is, do they go quarterback with that second pick? Hmm. <laughs> what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, resigning key players for that Super Bowl winning team. I mean, obviously, Chris Godwin, Shaquille Barrett. Um, Phenomenal job, man. Phenomenal yeah, Rob, job. Levante David. I mean, one Rob, of a lot of Rob, Rob Gronkowski, yeah. too. We all, we all well. thought Bruce – we all thought Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians was under the, that under the influence when he said everybody was coming back, but it seemed like he was he was in the right mind because like they they're getting everybody back. Yeah, and and I mean I feel like this team is uh, ready to make another run at the Lombardi also next year. Oh, I believe, I be, yeah, I believe so. I mean, just look at the division. The Falcons—they haven't done nothing, and they they were they were bad last year. The Saints—they're kind of retooling a little bit. I mean, I mean, then you got the Panthers. They, I mean, they haven't done that much either. They're going to run it back with Teddy Bridgewater, it looks like, but I have heard that they're trying to get Deshaun Watson. I think Don Brady and the Buccaneers, they're looking at chops for next year. They're obviously the best team right now, and we haven't even got to the draft yet. Yeah, well, they still actually have some uh, two key players that they haven't resigned yet, one being Antonio Brown and the other one being Leonard Fournette. Do you guys see them bringing those players back? I. Uh, I do, I do, and don't forget about Dominican suit too. Yeah, I think Don, I think they were already in talks to bring him back. So I heard that um, Fournette Fournette was being chased by the Seahawks too. Yes, the, the Seahawks uh, yes. and the Patriots, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Well, the interesting thing is, um, if the Buccaneers don't get Fournette, they'll probably get James White, and if if the Patriots don't bring White back, they're going to go with Fournette. So it's going to be like a it's going to be like a vice versa effect. One or the other is going somewhere. Yeah, and let's not forget OJ Howard tied in for the Buccaneers. He was out pretty much, yeah. you know, all of last year, so he's going to be coming back as well. Watch out, yes. man! Bucks did a great job. Niners making some moves too, re-signing their own Trent Williams. He got a massive contract. Let me look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. I believe it was were, a six-year were, deal. That was a clutch. That was a clutch. That was a clutch deal too. Because uh, I mean, yeah. For a moment there, it didn't look like they were going to be able to keep him. And yes. I think they oh, also signed Alex Mack. Yeah, the yeah, former center of the Atlanta Falcons as well. So I do have the numbers for Trent Williams. So it looks like it's going to be a six-year deal worth $138 million. It's a lot of money. It says the cap space exists. I want to ask both of y'all something while, we, while we're still on free agents right now. Are y'all surprised that um, the Eagles haven't done much? They are in cap hell, man. Yeah, they got some. They got some things to kind of work out. I, mean, I know they released. They released Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, and they're trying to trade. They're trying to trade um, Zach Ertz. Another team that hasn't done much, um, and that, this surprising because we 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 know what he's all about is um, the the Indianapolis Colts. Well, they got a, they got some cap issues as well. Uh, they restructured some contracts today, actually. Well, from what I heard, was they're saving those forty million to resign. Quentin Nelson, uh, Darius Leonard, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, the offensive guard. Yeah, they just they just resigned. They resigned Marlon Mack today too. Oh yeah, but, but, nice. Yeah, and but let's not forget they you know they did make a trade for a quarterback, which was one of their major needs going into free agency in the draft. So, in Carson Wentz, they solved a lot of problems there. And he's going to be wearing the number two. I saw a picture today and kind of look odd. Wearing, it, seeing that, yeah, you know, it does. Number two. It does. 
It looks like the Chicago Bears did try to trade for quarterback Russell Wilson. Let's listen to the Dan Patrick show as he had some very interesting comments about a close source to the Bears about the trade details. Here's what I just learned. We've been talking about Russell Wilson and that the Bears were all in. They tried. Uh, They made an offer. And I have an idea of what the Bears have offered, according to a source close to the Bears. And I don't have names attached to this as far as players. But this is, from what I'm being told, was the offer that was made to the Seattle Seahawks. It is the following. The Bears offered three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two starters. I don't know who the starters are. The source uh, close to the Bears doesn't know who the starters are, but that Seattle was interested, but it comes down to Pete Carroll making the decision. Not the GM, John Schneider. Oh, my God. I mean, this this seems like, seem like uh, Chicago offered a whole house for him, but <laughs> plus more. But, I, I, yeah, I, I knew that they're not getting rid of him this year. Maybe after this season, but they're going to run it back Russell Wilson, and Seattle politely declined it. They, they, they're not even, they're not even going to entertain it right now. But, um, I mean, I don't know what more you can ask for, though, if, they, if they're willing to do it. But, um, I mean, Chicago, I mean, at least they tried, though. I mean, at least they got, from a, from a PR standpoint, at least they can just tell their fans, you know, they tried. I know a lot of people in Chicago. I'm close to a lot of people from the Chicago area, and they're not happy. They're they're kind of they're pissed off, to, to say. But, um, I mean, if, if it's kind of like, I mean, if they don't want to, you can't, if they don't want to make the deal, they just don't. I mean, there's there's nothing Chicago and, and Nagy and crew can do. There's nothing they can do from there. You can't make a team, make a trade. And now they're stuck with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles eating up a lot of money. Yeah, I'm not. That was one person that I would not trade is Russell Wilson. But I mean, you you know, he doesn't want to be there anymore. So I mean, when you you want to trade him and get something in return than just not getting anything at all? No, no, I would not trade Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Coming up next. We'll talk some Saints football with host TJ Jones of State of the Saints podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Whether you're flexing your faith or customizing clothes, Lambs of God Designs is a place to go. Check out the latest merch at lambsofgod.faith. Use the promo code EASTWEST to get 10% off your order. Now back to the show. TJ, welcome to the East West Football Podcast, man. How are you doing? Can you just tell our audience a little bit? Who is TJ? Hey, man, Jerry, uh, thank you, man, for the opportunity to be back here on the East West uh, uh, Football Podcast once again, man. And uh, a little something about me. Uh, once again, my name is TJ Jones. Uh, I am a producer and I'm also a, uh, a radio host at uh, 90.9 FM WLGI in Hemingway, South Carolina. And also I am the host, got to bow your head with it, of the State of the Saints podcast, man, a podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And, you know, uh, I tell people all the time, I'm just a, a passionate Saints fan at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I turned my passion into a, a legit podcast. Uh, thousands of people uh, tune in every single week. Um, and 
If anybody want to find me, they can find me on Twitter at State of Saints. Uh, they can find me on Instagram, uh, T-J-A-Y Jones underscore. Or uh, you can look me up on YouTube, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. And it's also under the same name on Facebook, The State of the Saints podcast. Awesome. So, uh, TJ, let's not let's not beat around the bush, <laughs> man. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the uh, 2020 season in a nutshell, man. I mean, just tell me, as like you said, you at, at the end of it, you're you, you are a fan of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. If you could sum up the 2020 season, give it us give it to us in a nutshell. A failure, you know. I mean, it's just as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I don't, Jerry. I you know, I don't sugarcoat, man. You know, I call it for what it no, is. I'm not, I'm not one of those like uh, pie in the sky, like head in the clouds type Saints fans. Um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a realist, man. A lot of people that that tune into the State of the Saints podcast sometimes leave angry with me, and they wonder, am I really a Saints fan because of some of the takes that I have? But it is what it is. Um, it was a, a, a failure. Uh, anytime you win a division, anytime that uh, you win a division four times, anytime that you have one of the best regular season uh, records over the last four seasons, uh, anytime that you end up beating a team that actually wins the Super Bowl twice in the season and can't get the job done in the postseason, that is a failure. And um, this is something that has been reoccurring throughout uh, you know, the Saints organization for the last four years. And you can look at a glass half empty, glass half full all you want to. You can talk about a couple of mishaps, but you got to be able to get the job done. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, LeBron James uh, when he first came into the league and everybody was crowning him and calling him the best and this, that, and the third, but he didn't have any championships to show for. And, you know, it, you know, Stephen A. Smith came on TV and said, it seems like he's trying to be crowned with no rings. And it wasn't until he went to the Miami Heat and won that championship, then, you know, the monkey was, uh, you know, taking off his back uh, with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I look at it the same way. Uh, they're trying to be crowned with their NFC South champs, but they're trying to be crowned with no rings that really matter. Uh, I'm pretty sure any Saints fan that you can talk to will trade places with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a second. Y'all can have the NFC South championship if that means that we're going to win the, the Super Bowl. And uh, like I said, you got to call it for what it is. Jerry it was a failure, a failure across the board. They, they, this probably was one of the best teams they ever constructed. They were deep, uh, you know, at some some of those positions where guys went down, they were able to pick up the slack, the, the, the backup guys. Not going to get opportunities like that all the time. Uh, you know, you had the opportunity to do something special and you couldn't get the job done four years in a row. Yeah, no, I, I mean, most definitely. I think that, yeah, I mean, you can even go back to the previous season. I mean, you guys had some crazy endings to you. To, yeah. to, I mean, some some no call fouls. I mean, we saw we saw it with our own two eyes. I mean, you guys got robbed a couple of times, yeah. and, and last year there was just a feel good situation about it. But like you said, at the end, you didn't come away. You didn't come away with the ultimate prize, right? So we finally heard the announcement, mm-hmm. right? Drew Brees yeah. retires. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I mean, it, it, how? I, Explain your emotions as far as how do you feel about the decision? Well, I have mixed emotions about it. Um, first off, uh, I really didn't think I was going to get uh, too down about it because it's almost like one of those one of those things where you knew it was going to happen. Like it, it's not like you know it just came out of nowhere. Like if you're a Colts fan and Andrew Luck just 
at the end of a preseason game said he's going to retire. Like, man, whoa, where this came from? You know, like, you kind of expected it. I mean, the writing was on the wall. You've seen the decline in play. Uh, even though he was putting up good numbers, I mean, you, you can tell in the arm strength, uh, you know, some of the things that they were asking other quarterbacks to do that normally Drew would do. And you, you just knew as a fan that this was going to be his last season. I mean, the way he walked out of the Superdome, the way he looked back, uh, him um, hugging his wife at the end of the game, she came out on the field, Tom Brady out there talking to him, throwing yeah. passes to his yeah. kids. I mean, the writing was on the wall. I mean, the only thing that, was, you know, they say the only thing that, that needs to be done is the, is, the, is the singing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was over. So, but when it happened, you know, like, it was like, I had mixed emotions because you go back, well, I go back to being a 19-year-old kid when Drew Brees first came to New Orleans. I mean, I was a, you know, I was displaced due to Hurricane Katrina. I was born and raised in New Orleans. And, you know, I ended up going to college out of Mississippi, Jackson State University. And, you know, the New Orleans Saints was the thing that bond a lot of people from Louisiana, the Gulf Coast region together. You know, like a lot of people didn't come back after Hurricane Katrina. You know, you, you weren't living in the same places. You weren't going to the same places. You weren't seeing the same people. And the one thing that bind us all together was that love for the New Orleans Saints. And we've always loved the Saints, even though, you know, they weren't a really good football team. But when Drew Brees came to New Orleans, along with Sean Payton back in 2006, and they went to the NFC Championship game, we knew that this team wasn't going to be the same. The, the, the team that we remember that breaks our hearts each and every year, you know, for the most part, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they were no more. And, uh, so that's the only thing that, you know, that, that that I was thinking about, you know, when I rolled back to those moments. But he is definitely going to be missed, uh, Jerry. You know, like this guy is like New Orleans, like straight up. Like nobody has came into a community like New Orleans and just automatically like just stole the hearts of so many people. And, you know, man, it, there's uh, petitions going around right now trying to change the name of streets and put monuments out in his name. So people love him, man. And, uh, you know, I appreciate those memories he gave us as a Saint, as Saints fans. Well said. Kendall? What's going on, TJ, man? Hope everything going well with you. Man, everything's fine, Kendall. Thank you uh, for, for having me, man. Yes, sir, yes, sir. I know I missed the live we did with you on last year. I was having some issues on my end. So, yeah. I mean, no, dude, we're not live right now. We, we're doing doing a podcast. We're going to get you yeah. back on soon, but well, one thing I want to talk to you about, um, what is it about Taysom Hill that um, Sean Payton loves? I mean, he just has some kind of infatuation with Taysom Hill. I know Jameis more than likely is probably going to be the um, he, he, Jameis. He's more likely he's going to be the um, be the start quarterback. But mm. I was listening to Shannon and Skip this morning. Undisputed. I mean, Taysom Hill seems like the guy that Sean Payton wants. Like he wants to turn into a quarterback and wants wants to prove that he can win with Taysom Hill. Well, Kendall, I, look, um, <laughs> I, I got to say this, man. I love Undisputed. I love Shannon and Skip. They they, they, they are a great dynamic. Uh, they're necessary uh, for the sports world. But I really don't pay that much attention to uh, some of the national media when it comes to the Saints because a lot of it is misconstrued and is based on, like, storylines. Uh, you know, the create storylines and narratives and drama. Uh, first off, uh, you know, when you look at Taysom Hill, uh, the reason why Taysom Hill got opportunity to be a starter was because Sean Payton promised Taysom Hill an opportunity when Taysom Hill was negotiating his contract. He promised him if Drew Brees were to go down, 
then he would get an opportunity to be a starter. And this happened before Jameis Winston even got there. When Jameis got there, Sean brought him in the office and told him that what's going to happen is if, if Drew goes down, we're going to put Taysom in. And let just so it just so happened if Drew goes down in the middle of the game to not mess up the, you know, the, the scheming and everything and the game plan, we're going to put you in. So that was that was the whole San Francisco game where Jameis came in, you know, when when Drew got hurt. So it wasn't like as complicated as people trying to make it out to be. Uh, I think he likes Taysom Hill because he's a solid football player. I mean, look, you know, Saints fans up, uh, you know, up in arms and they'll say like, man, Taysom Hill is making too much money. I can make an argument to say Taysom Hill not making enough money because Taysom Hill plays so many different positions. And if you add up the money that the Saints would have to shuck out for those guys for that position, yeah. then the Saints are coming off cheap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, this, like Taysom Hill is the Costco of the New Orleans Saints. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody even. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yo, like, like, think about this, man. Like, you, you go to the store, right? Let's just say you got a Costco card and you got, you know, you go to Walmart. And in Walmart, they got, you know, the paper towels. And you know what I'm saying? The paper towels are a certain price. And you start adding up in your mind, well, if I go to Costco, you know, I can get a bundle of paper towels and I go <laughs> cheaper in the long run. That is what Taysom Hill has been with the New Orleans Saints. But here's the thing. Taysom Hill showed that he had a lot of things that were going on with him when it comes to the quarterback position, his decision-making, uh, you know, the, the fact that he was lining guys up to, in the wrong formations, you know what I'm saying? He was um, throwing, a, <laughs> throwing a ball, you know what I'm saying? Like extremely late, you know what I'm saying? Holding on to it too long, taking sacks. So there's a lot of things about Taysom that needs to be cleaned up. I think a lot of the players love Jameis Winston. You know, I think they understood it from a, you know, from a coaching standpoint, like loyalty means, you know, a lot to players, right? So if Sean would have promised Taysom opportunity and and then give it to him, who's to say like that wouldn't have affected the team? And you had people inside the locker room who understood that Jameis was a better quarterback than Taysom. And, you know, it was it was a mixed bag. But now these guys, you know, they, they look at Drew Brees is gone. And these guys, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these guys never experienced failure. Like every every year they've been to the playoffs. Like Alvin Kamara, every year been to the playoffs. Marshawn Lattimore, every year been to the playoffs. So if these guys start losing games because of bad quarterback play, they're going to be like, man, hey, man, what's going on here? So you want to get the best guy on the field. And I, I feel like when it comes to the, the skill set, the, uh, the, the starting experience, the, the decision-making for the most part, you know what I'm saying, under the tutelage of Sean Payton, I think Jameis Winston is your best choice. But I just think he loves Taysom Hill because of his passion and his love for football. And he's a fire starter. Everybody on the team loves Taysom. And, and when yeah. Taysom starts rolling, rolling, and dropping that shoulder on people, you know, like, that gets the guys hyped. But, bro, man, you got to win football games. You know, ain't nobody <laughs> hyped if you're throwing three and four interceptions. You know, they're going to try to, you know, be asking, man, what this dude doing here? So That's right. I, I agree with you there. Um, were you surprised at the move for the Saints to cut Emmanuel Sanders at, after his first year? And my second part of that question is, is there any? Because um, I know you're gonna have to you got to do something there at wide receiver at, behind Michael Thomas. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't. Do y'all still have Traquan? I mean, where has Traquan Smith been the past couple of years? I know he's. Either, it's like he's either hurt or dropping on um, big time passes. I don't know where he's been at. But um, <laughs> I think I think I, at the wide receiver position and Jerry, I'm a big on big on wide receivers. 
mm-hmm. at the yeah. at, at the wide position, like were you surprised that they cut it, that they moved on from Manuel Sanders after this first year? And is there anybody out there that you would like to see the Saints either make a trade for or a sign? Uh, well, was I shocked that they cut Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, yeah, you know, for the, to the for the most part, you know, because I felt like he was a legit number two, but. I realized that it was going to be tough when I started looking at the salary cap. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is a really good receiver. I think he's very underrated as a receiver. He's a really, a really good route run. He has really good hands. And I felt like, uh, you know, with Jameis' skill set, um, you know, and, and Emmanuel Sanders' ability to get down the field, I thought it would be a really good match. But, um, you know, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is, what, 33 years old. You know, if if not 34 years old, I think me and him around the same age, I'm 34 as well. I mean, you want to go younger, you know what I'm saying? And you look at a guy like uh, Marquez Callaway, who came in a rookie out of Tennessee, uh, he played pretty good. You know, I mean, he had like an ankle injury, but in a game he got the ankle injury, he led the team in catches and, and receptions. And also with Traquan Smith, look, uh, if, if this was around this time last year, uh, it would be, uh, you know, preaching to the choir. But he had his best season, you know, in the Saints uniform. And, and you can start to really see some of the things that Sean Payton fell in love and the front office fell in love with him coming out of Central Florida. So I, I think that, you know, Torrey Quan Smith is a really good blocking wide receiver. Um, he has, like, really good hands. And I just think that uh, the lack of uh, arm strength of Drew Brees kind of prohibited him because if you watch Trey Quan Smith in Central Florida – uh, he was a vertical guy, you know what I'm saying? He was a guy to get behind uh, the, the, the corners and the safeties and score touchdowns that way. And when he came to the Saints, they kind of wanted to switch him up to make him more of a conventional uh, receiver with running certain routes and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like Jameis Winston is going to help him in that regard. As far as another wide receiver, uh, look, this is the way I see it. I think it's time for the New Orleans Saints uh, to do what made them successful back in 2017, and that's try to build through the draft. Um, I think that anytime that you can get guys, productive guys for the cheap and build your team around them and make those guys system guys, then I think that would be the recipe for success. Um, I just feel like, uh, you know, going out here getting uh, high-quality free agents, guys that are going to, uh, you know, require you spending a certain amount of money I'm not a fan of, you know, I, I, I'm always, you know, I, I like to play Madden and anytime they ask me what type of coach I want, I say, I want a team builder, you know, <laughs> I want to build teams. So, it, it, you know, so I think that what, what Michael Thomas brings, I think he's going to be much healthier. Traquan Smith, I think he's going to be a better uh, version of himself because of uh, Jameis Winston's ability to get him the ball, you know, him running those deep posts and whatnot. And also Deontay Harris, man, I don't think people paid attention to how good that, that guy is. Not only is he good on special teams, but he's really good when it comes to catching the ball as well, man. Um, I, I think if uh, Deontay Harris would have stayed in that game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we might have been singing a, a different song. I mean, that guy, like, basically on two punt returns, like, flipped the field. And then you can even talk about in that Chicago Bears game. In that Chicago Bears game, man, if uh, Taysom Hill didn't hold on to the ball too long, he would have scored a touchdown, hit his head on the goalpost, as Shannon Sharp would say. So if you can get a cheap wide receiver, there's not a person really out there that I'm, I'm really eyeing. Uh, I think that they might just need somebody that, you know, that's solid. Uh, if one person what, what, I can it, think it, about it, just Golden Tate. Golden Tate would be the only person I would just think of right off, right off hand. 
yeah, don't mean to cut you off here, but um, what you think about a Sammy Watkins signing? You can get him for the cheap. I know he's always banged up or whatnot, but I think he would be good as that number two wide receiver opposite of Michael Thomas. Somebody like a um, you know, you know, a Sam, I say Sammy Watkins. You know, T. Y. Hilton's still out there, but he's always banged up too. Right. Will Fuller's out there, but I think Sammy Watkins would be the perfect complement to a um, to, to a Michael Thomas. Man, I, I absolutely agree. You know, but I, here, here's the here's the thing uh, for me. When I look at Sammy Watkins, I kind of see the same type of receiver in Michael Thomas, to be honest with you. Both, both guys aren't really that fast. They're really good route runners. I mean, they're kind of like bullies on the line of scrimmage. So basically, like, you got Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas light. No disrespect to Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's really good. But uh, I just think that you, you want to get – knowing Sean Payton, he, got, he likes to get guys with different type of skill sets, right? So back in the day, you know, they had Marcus Colston. Marcus Colston was – the number one primary receiver. He was the possession guy. He was the number one guy. And he did like a, 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 you know, a plethora of things. Then you had somebody like Lance Moore on third down. You can count on him third and four to get you that first down. Uh, when he left, it was Willie Sneed. Uh, then you had your vertical threats like your Devery Hendersons and, and your Robin Meachams. And then when they left, they had guys like Joseph Morgan. Uh, they had people like Ted Ginn Jr. And now Deontay Harris. So, that is why I'm saying somebody like Golden Tate, because right now the Saints need somebody that that is going to, uh, you know, be able to fight for those extra yards on those third downs, be able to get, you know, be able to get that first, get that first down in short yardage situations. So um, looking at, you know, just looking at the field, I, I say Golden Tate would be a really good fit for the Saints. Well said, my man. I like that. Appreciate it, TJ. All right, no problem. So just to kind of recap here, TJ, um, so we, we, we went from, you know, the 2020 sum, summary, right, of the season of the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. We talked about Drew Brees' retirement. And then Kendall said, what is it about the love for, for Taysom Hill? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and, then, and then he also mentioned about, is there any white receivers out there mm-hmm. uh, that, that you'd like to see? But on a recap, it's crazy when you look back, Taysom Hill – took you guys to a three and one record. So right. just, just a little nugget out there, just to throw out there. Uh, but we have Fidel coming on. Uh, oh, wait, 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 hold on, Jerry. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, let, me, let me just say this. Okay. okay, okay, uh, okay. Let's clear it up. All right. Before we uh, bring Fidel on, I mean, I can make an argument that, man, that was like the stars were aligned for Taysom Hill and that. Like all you basically had to do was just drive the car, just make sure that it didn't crash. I mean, you look at the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, come on, man. Like, no, like, look, I understand Saints and Falcons are, are rivals, so people are going to say, oh, man, you're just saying this just because you don't like the Falcons. But, no, nah, look, check this out. The Falcons' defense was horrific, okay? I mean, they, could, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. They couldn't stop oh, traffic with a, with a stop sign. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's just what it is. So all he basically had to do was, you know, manage the game. And then, oh, don't get me started on Denver. Denver didn't even have a quarterback. They had a receiver <laughs> in that game playing quarterback. So the stars were all aligned. It wasn't, I mean, and then when you they went to Philly and they went against a guy that, you know, you know, that was, you know, that was a dual threat, they wasn't really prepared for. Taysom couldn't respond. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, Taysom was a product of good game planning. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and also. Bad defenses, 
You know, like, I mean, it's, it's just facts. Yeah. And then the Atlanta Falcons offensive line was so trash. I mean, what, what they said, Matt Ryan, like eight times in one game. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, look, you talk about playing Madden on rookie. You know what I'm saying? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, look, you got to show me more than that, man. You got to show me more. <laughs> well said. Let's turn it over to Fidel, man. I know he has a, a couple things to say. Yeah. TJ, hey, man. Appreciate you coming on. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, Fidel, man. Appreciate you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, man. Thank you for joining us. So, look, so real quick. So, obviously, the, the 2020 New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. they're going to look a lot more different in 2021. So, obviously, mm-hmm. Drew Brees retired. Uh, looks like Jameis Winston's going to come back. Still chasing Hill there. But realistically, what are your expectations for the 2021 New Orleans Saints? I expect them to be a good football team. Look, um, <laughs> I, I think people uh, are getting things misconstrued. Um, if, if you look at the Saints over the last two years, I mean, Drew Brees has missed nine games. And in those nine games, the Saints went eight and one. So the Saints still got the same coaching staff uh, for the most part. The Saints, the Saints still got the same front office. Uh, for the full, uh, for the most part, and uh, me and Jerry were talking, um, you know, off air that they kept all their core players. Uh, they kept all their guys. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys that, are, like the cornerstone players. You're going to keep your Ram checks. You're going to keep Marshawn Lattimore's. I mean, they're going to extend those guys. You you gave uh, Marcus Williams. You get put the franchise tag on him, so you want to keep him. They really, you know, didn't lose. They didn't really lose their core players. Most of the guys that they lost were just guys that they kind of plugged and placed along the way. You know, it wasn't like, for the exception of Josh Hill, everybody else pretty much, you know, were, wasn't on his team like two, three years ago. So I expect them to be a really good football team. I expect them to be more run dominant and I expect for them to play better defense. I mean, because now you, you can't get bailed out because you know that number nine is going to come out there and be able to erase a deficit. I mean, not to say that Jameis couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, but look, it's it's a different beast, man. It's it's a different beast. So I expect them to be a good football team. Do I expect for them to win the division? Uh, you know, I mean, that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, especially what you see from Tampa and the moves that they're making. But I do expect them to, you know, be a playoff contender, be in playoff contention. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should. I mean. What, they got seven spots in the playoffs, so you got to be pretty much god awful in order for you not to not to get there. So, yeah, and then look, correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt last time or last year with the New Orleans Saints that maybe Drew was holding that Saints offense back just because mm. he wasn't able to get the ball downfield. Like, mm. what are your feelings about that? Do you do you think this offense is in better hands now with let's just say Jameis Winston or either Taysom Hill? Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, because I agree with you, Fidel. Um, <laughs> he couldn't get the ball down the field, man. You know, people are like, oh, it's a trick play. Taysom Hill coming in, throwing a ball down the field. <laughs> Knock it off, man. You, you're in denial. You know, like the fact that, that Drew Brees, uh, you know, every time the, the Saints have to go deep, he have to lead the field. Should tell you everything you need to know. If you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, in that regards, yes. Um, I feel like he was holding them back because the defenses didn't respect, you know, the fact that the Saints get the ball down the field. Uh, it was one play, I think it was against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Drew Brees threw the ball to Emmanuel Sanders. And you can just see the look on Tyron Matthews' face, like when, when he uh, threw the pass to Emmanuel Sanders over his head, like, like he, he really threw the pass, you know, like it was, and, and it was critiqued so much 
But when you think about it, like if, if Patrick Mahomes were to throw the ball deep down the field, would we be critiquing this week after week? No, because he does it every week. So in that regards, yes, because defense, all they're going to do is just kind of just play the stick, play close to the line of scrimmage and just jam your receivers. But now it's like you're going to have to respect the fact that Jameis Winston can throw that ball vertical and get that ball down the field. And if you let Deontay Harris get behind you, he's going to score. Traquan Smith, he's going to score. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think he was holding them back. But, but if you're looking at it from a long ball standpoint, yes. But when it comes to being a field general, general, putting guys in certain places, being able to see the field, being able to audible plays, being able to see plays before they actually happen, uh, you're going to miss Drew Brees with that. You know, Drew Brees is the best two-minute drill quarterback I've ever seen. When, when you need a touchdown in those last two minutes, rather it's the first half or the second half, you know that you're going to uh, get close to a, uh, you know, to a touchdown or a field goal, whatever you need from Drew Brees. So, yeah, they're going to miss him in that regards. But, yeah, I, I do feel like you have a different dynamic when Jameis hits the field or Taysom hits the field. So, yes and no. <laughs> Excellent points. So just to kind of end it off, I, 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 I love to save this to the end, right? Because <clears throat> so, you know, we, we, we did this, we did this, uh, we're, we're going back and we're reviewing the team's 2020 out, uh, outlook, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the season in a nutshell. Right. And we're going on, on needs, right? Uh, right? Because right now it looks like the Saints are the, now, and I want to just kind of give kudos or kudos to do is like you said, I think that one thing that nobody really realizes is that the New Orleans Saints have been slowly been building up that offensive line. You guys, you guys got McCoy playing center. You guys got Cesar Reese, right? Which mm-hmm. was a highly touted uh, offensive guard who can also play center. Yeah. And I mean, you still got Ryan Ramshack and then uh, do you guys still, you guys still have uh Leno, right? Uh, no, we don't have uh, Tim Leto anymore, but we have, uh, we have Teron Armstead who's the oh, left tackle and right. also, Andres Pete and they just signed uh, James Hurst back uh, to a three-year deal. So you have your uh, guy that can play guard as well as tackle in, in crucial, or uh, uh, you know, certain situations. So, I mean, when you look at it, right, I mean, slowly, slowly, this offensive line is young, but it's nice, and it yeah. looks promising for the future. Now right. you have, like you said, Alvin Kamara, and you have Michael Thomas. Now I know Michael Thomas missed nine games last season, mm-hmm. uh, but when you look at it, the Saints are going to have to hit big on this on this coming up draft because you know the, you guys are you guys were able to get down to the cap number that every team had to come down to, right? Right, right. Um, the biggest offseason need that you feel that they should they should address immediately in the draft. What position do you think that they what they could bank for the most uh, get the most bank right? Cornerback. Uh, I mean, no doubt about it. Now. <laughs> This is this is a little bit of a flip, Jerry. If you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have said linebacker. Uh, okay. Zayvon Collins, the, the linebacker out of Tulsa, oh, man. Was, was a guy that I was uh, eyeing. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. When, when you lose Janoris Jenkins, uh, who was a legit number two corner, he's right. with the Tennessee Titans right now. You had to lose him due to the cap. You got to be able to have another cornerback to come in. I mean, teams want to throw the football. And it's very important that you have a guy that can defend those receivers and a guy that you can count on to be able to make some of these plays. I feel like the Saints need to draft a cornerback. That, that, is, that is a need. I feel like a cornerback to a team is just as important as a quarterback is to a team, the way teams throw the football now. 
Uh, you know, I, I understand that there's some reports talking about Richard Sherman, you know, possibly is interested with, in, in the Saints. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he does show up because Richard Sherman represents himself. And I think, you know, he, he marches to the beat of his own drum. I mean, he's made, you know, hand over fist with money right now. I can see him coming in because of Chris Richard, who's now the secondary coach of the Saints. Uh, they have uh, history. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, say that Chris Richard was the mastermind behind the Legion of Boom, along with Dan Quinn and crew. But um, you need yourself a, a, a young, vibrant guy, you know what I'm saying, a cornerback, the guy that can actually learn from a Lattimore. And if Richard Sherman come in, can learn from him and, and Malcolm Jenkins and all that kind of stuff. So you, you definitely need a cornerback. That, that's what they need to address. That's, that's just so important to me right now, more than anything else. I, I like this, okay, because yesterday we had a like I said that special show, and it was it was almost consensus because we had in the thread, in the in the comment section we had somebody chime in who mm. would be a good prospect, and and Costa he actually filled in, he also said a wide receiver in the first round, right, uh, opposite of Michael Thomas, right, and the name was Rashad Bateman, uh, right, now, that kid can ball. Oh yeah, 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 the guy out of but, Minnesota, kid out of Minnesota. But, yeah. But I love the point of view that you're bringing because you see this is where, this is where fans need to understand. You need to look at your division. When you look at the division right now, the Buccaneers have how many wide receivers, uh, or top-notch wide receivers? Well, they got got a, at least about four or five. <laughs> I mean, so, even even you know even the other kid out of Minnesota, the one they drafted last year, you know, like he's he's really good. So I mean, then you're yeah. going, pretty sure they're gonna sign AB, and I mean, yeah, they got plenty of. So you can never have too many defensive backs. I mean, there's only so much Marshawn Lattimore can do. So I think that you bringing out this, it it's going to make some great, you know, conversations as far as where where the actual Saints are going to be looking at to target. Um, and to, and uh, so my last my last one would be, do you still have faith in Sean Payton and crew? The the coaching staff lead it with Sean Payton. Do you feel? that they have the right coaching staff for the next decade. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um I think <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, that people take Sean Payton for granted. You know, I, I it is almost I use this example on the State of the Saints podcast. I say it's like you've been married for 10 years, right? And <laughs> they just say you leave the house and you forget to tell your wife you love her. You're like, ah, she knows I love her. You know, like, you know, you know, if I forget to take the trash out on a Thursday, ah, she knows, you know what I'm saying? I was in a hurry. You know, we take it for granted sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, saying certain things or doing certain things. Sean Payton is a guy that we, we have to remember is the mastermind behind constructing this team offensively, putting, you know, being able to swallow his pride, let go some of his friends to bring in a more, uh, a better coaching staff, uh, you know, a guy that was willing to change his philosophy and the way that he think, uh, you know, they, they'll tell you like players like Reggie Bush who, who come back and when he's uh, doing different things for, you know, for the NFL, he says, you know, you got music in, a, in the locker room and you got smoke screens and all that kind of stuff, you know, going to lights. He said Sean Payton went like that when he when he first got there, like he was fire and brimstone. So his ability to adapt and understand that there's a new generation of player um, to understand that, you know, that I need to uh, change the way that I think, uh, change the way that I coach, change the way that I approach things. 
I feel like uh, the Saints are ready for the future. Not concerned about the Saints uh, when it comes to the coaching at all. I mean, Sean Payton led this team to eight and one record without Drew. You mean he got Teddy Bridgewater paid? You know, like <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, like I, that, that's a guy that I'm not too much concerned about. And and also, Jerry, before we move on about you, the um, you know, the wide receiver comment. Uh, the reason why I don't have an issue with that is because of Sean Payton. Sean Payton always puts these receivers in position to succeed. You know, like you, you see other guys, you know, they'll, they'll lead the Saints, go to another team, and they don't give you that same production. It's because Sean Payton put these guys in the best position to succeed. So that's why I'm not too much concerned about having a first-round wide receiver because I don't feel like it's necessary. Now, a cornerback, somebody that's going to stop Tom Brady and be able to stop, uh, you know, Matt Ryan and and – I know that uh, Carolina wants to throw the football. So got to be able to stop those guys, man. That, that's important to me more than somebody catching a football that I know that Sean Payton can find in the bushes somewhere. You know, he can come in and give you about three catches for about 50 yards, you know, so. <laughs> no, I think you said it well. And and just uh, just one of the, uh, uh, and, and uh, um, I promise I'm going to end it. Uh, I am um, very interested to see Jameis Winston behind an actual offensive line that can protect them and a running a superstar running back in Alvin Kamara that can take off some of that pressure yeah and Michael Thomas somebody that he doesn't have to launch the ball you know 50 60 yards down the field somebody that can, right. he's going to catch it and make make plays afterwards so very right. interested TJ as always thank you so much for your time your knowledge is man People just need to pay attention. They need to subscribe to your YouTube channel. <laughs> they got to make sure they turn on all notifications and hit that like button, man. Appreciate yeah. you, TJ. Man, thank you so much, man. It's always good to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, follow you all on social media, man. And uh, just uh, just enjoy it, man. Just, you know, I know we don't really, you know, do podcasts consistently together, but I still feel like, you know, the conversations and the things that I see you all do, it feels like I'm, you know, always interacting with you all. But thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, TJ. Yeah, take care. Hey, TJ, real quick. Uh, huh? We got to catch up before the draft next month. We got to catch up before the oh, draft. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Uh, yeah, that, definitely. I definitely want to, uh, you know, talk to you all, man, about some. I see you're a Raiders fan. That, that's that's interesting, man. We got some things we need to discuss. What, yeah. What's up with Rodney Hudson, man? What's look, up with that, look. man? And they traded Gabe Jackson. They get yeah. and they traded Gabe Jackson today. Wow, look, man! Hey, look, wow. I don't know, I don't know how much time you got because it takes all day trying to explain the things the Raiders do, man. I really do. It was two days ago. It was completely different. Yes. Wow, man. Uh, that that shocked me. Rodney Hudson. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They brought yeah, back Richie Incognito. <laughs> they, yeah, they did. Uh, wow. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But but again, TJ, thank you so much for joining us, man. We'll catch you up uh, before the draft. All right, thank you. All right, TJ. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East-West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. 
But I like airplane. I know you do. But Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.